everybody. You're listening to the Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rock bondage. Rock bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our Fat Life page, Rock Podcast. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners. We've been practicing together for a couple of years. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. We do, and today, folks, we have a rope touristing episode, but in our own town of Bangkok. Are we allowed to do that? I think so. I think it's our podcast, so we can do what we like. That's pretty cool. I like being <laughs> able to do whatever I want. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm aware. Uh, so you've been touristing in the Bangkok, Maya? Yes. Yes, yes. So we had some events where um, we're putting them under rope touristing because we had some visiting riggers mm-hmm. and bottoms, our tops, rope tops and rope bottoms from uh, Japan, Hong Kong and some other places um, more connected with the Thai community here. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like it's quite an interesting thing to talk about the... Um, the cultural differences we saw in terms of the rope and uh, and what happened and that kind of thing. So for people who are not in the Bangkok scene, there's more of a foreigner-oriented community and then there's more of a Thai community, right? Yeah, that's right. And obviously there's a fair amount of mixing and mm-hmm. some, some months there's more mixing, some months there's less mixing. But of course, language um, is... A challenge. Obviously, if you are on FetLife, you probably um, know English because most of FetLife is in English. Although obviously that's not completely true, but generally mm-hmm. FetLife is more English in English. Um, yeah, that's fair. And we also get a lot of um, tourists coming through, so people who are only here for a few weeks. And obviously, they don't learn any Thai. And to be fair, most of us who live here, um, people like yourself, accepted. Don't learn Thai to the extent that you would really need to to be able to interact with someone who didn't speak English and speak Thai. So anyway, Maya, we were lucky to be invited to an event run by the Thai BDSM community. We were. So tell me a bit about those events that you attended this weekend. What were they? Um, So the first one was um, a more public, we think, opening of a new dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, slash potentially shop um, that um, a Thai proprietor is uh, running mm-hmm. and both of us went to that one um, and then the second event was with most of the same people um, who were at that and that was a more private rope salon so essentially um, a, a kind of rope jam essentially So what do you think would be the difference if any between a rope salon, which, to be honest, is not a term I had ever encountered before going to that event. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I mean, I I think this is one of the interesting things for us, right? Like, we went to these events, and because we just don't have exposure to the Japanese scene, we we still don't know. Yeah, I I think I know more, but I'm far from knowing all. I think a salon is supposed to be more fancy, because, you know. Right, than a jam. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, Salon sounds very French, to be fair. Uh, so what I heard one of the participants say, and I'm going to take his word for it for the moment, because I don't know better anyway, 
is that at a salon you usually have a teacher or an important person who is sort of um, presiding on the ah, thing. Okay. Uh, and also he said that sometimes people would tie at the same time, but sometimes they would tie in succession while everyone else watches, more as a performance, I suppose, or a practice for a performance. Okay. And, and, um, I, and I'm sure there's a lot of protocol we absolutely did not understand oh, sure at all. And, and so at Jam, we think, our expectation is that just people go tie, do what they want, like it's more free. Uh, yeah, and then again, rope jam is a term where we have heard it used in very different ways by different people, right? Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, so my take on the rope jam would be what I expect if I'm going to a rope jam is I'm going to bring some rope. I'm going to bring my bunny if possible, but if not, I expect that maybe I may meet someone who wants to tie there. And then I'm going to get set up, I'm going to both tie and look at people tying kind of at the same time and depending on the place it's going to be more or less sceney but I will get to both tie and watch people tie at the same time as a big group in a big room or something to that effect, right? Okay, yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds about right, yeah. And then that's again different from a workshop where I'm more expecting a learning environment. Um, yes, exactly. In a learning environment, you would expect more of like a teacher, non-teacher. Whereas in a rock jam, there might be some people teaching, but we like there doesn't have to be at all. And in fact, we kind of when we held some rock jams, we tried to avoid that in general. Uh, yeah, I, I would say for me, like teaching and jamming are two very different uh, mind spaces, and. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy having a teaching element to a rope jam because that's not the, that's not what I'm going to a rope jam for. But we are saying to our listeners that these are very personal opinions, yes. and we are not at all authoritative on this. And this is very much an episode where we feel like tourists in our own town because mostly we didn't know what happening. I imagine mm -hmm. we'll get some listener emails telling us off. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think all feedback uh, is welcome. You can message us at the Rope Podcast on FetLife. And um, if you think we got the terms wrong or your community uses those terms in a different way, I'd be I'd be interested in hearing your feedback. Right. Because it's all makey-uppy anyway to some degree, right? Like, this is also, like, this is a very new field. Rope, rope bondage wasn't happening 200 years ago. It's not like it has See, that's, a... that's the funny thing, because don't say that to the Japanese people. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a difference between rope bondage in terms of having fun with it, and pleasure, and rope torture. Yeah. Like that's yeah, kind yeah. of the point, right? Anyway, sorry, sir. No I worries. Mean... Uh, so Maya, uh, last Friday you you went into the fox car. <laughs> I did go into the fox car. Yes, we drove um, down or up. In fact, I don't even know what direction it was. <laughs> how bad it is. We went anyway out into Bangkok. It was a bit um, of a drive. Yeah, it was a bit of a drive. It's yeah. not in central central Bangkok. In Friday night traffic, which if you've never been to Bangkok, Friday night traffic is, is something. It is. It is. Um, and we went to what was essentially a condo mm -hmm. building. Uh, yeah. We didn't know what to expect at all. A, a bit of a more fancy one, I would say. Oh, yes. 
It was very nice, very nice condo building. Uh, lots of marble and columns. Yes. Um, and we went just to a regular floor in the condo building, like mm -hmm. you and I live on. And um, we went in, and it was this incredible dungeon. Yeah, um, it really incredible. did not look like a flat inside, did it? It did not. There was lights, red lights, there was a giant television, there was incredible furniture mm -hmm. um, from Germany, we understand. Yes. There was, um, oh gosh, like all kinds of BDSM equipment, just all kinds. What kinds of things did you see? You're probably more um, on point remembering the equipment than me. Okay, let's see what I can remember. So for starters, the floor of the place was done in this uh, faux brushed metal style, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of nice to look at and look good for hygiene. Yes. Turns out we found out later not the most comfortable surface to tie on. No, they need more mats. <laughs> mats, cushions, something. Yeah, for rope yeah. that would be that would be welcome. Um then there was a nice leather couch which we spent some time on. Uh with a big red leather. Red leather, very pleasant, very new. Oh and it's called the red room, maybe? Possibly. I think so. Um, and facing that couch, there was a fairly large screen television, which, as you would expect in that kind of setting, was playing um, English karaoke songs. <laughs> it was a weird, like, there was, like, Coldplay and Keen. It was a very odd initial mix. But later, when the actual work started, it got a bit more chill-out instrumental, which is better. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, I, I can't say exactly what uh, ambient music they use for the later part of the night, but that really worked for me for the tying. Yeah. Uh, I was having a good time uh, waving to the music as I tied. But, uh, yeah, the, the English karaoke stuff did not really set the mood for me, I would say. <laughs> no. Nor, nor did we actually sing the karaoke, which was a disappointment. Ah, sad times. <laughs> Um, moving on, uh, there were a few fairly large steel cages, mm. uh, which we knew from a previous place. Uh, unclear if they purchased cages uh, in the same place or if they moved them from the old place to the new place. But anyway, uh, and then there was this very interesting bondage chair that we put you in, Maya. It was. It was ginormous, first of all. Yes. Like I looked like a tiny person in it. I think it was made for all shapes and you, sizes. You are a tiny person, Mark. <laughs> I'm not very big, it's true. And yes, I think this chair could have taken like a much bigger guy. As yeah. Probably, it was probably designed with a big muscular German guy in mind. Yes, yes, from Germany. Um, and so that chair had all kinds of cuffs and um, belts. That would allow you to restrain the person. In 18 different ways, including a very interesting hand thing. Yes, with some um, rubber blocks that slid between your fingers and kind of kept your fingers immobilized as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so what was your experience of being put into that device, Maya? Um, it was very secure, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it was very high. Like, I felt very small in it, for sure. And I feel like I was perched on it a bit um but yeah there were many straps and many many things to, to hold me down there was some discomfort with the arms i think um we sort of adjusted it because we were just playing with it obviously we adjusted it a bit i i i wonder how long it would take to get someone 
into the ideal bondage position in the chair. Like I feel it's one of those things that you could spend quite a lot of time playing with. Yeah, that that can be a lot of fun. And then once they're in it, you can leave them in it for yes, a while. Yes, that's yeah. And it was on wheels, so you really could. Yeah, you can just uh, move them around the place, do all kind of things to them. I think Pop you enjoy the telly. Yeah. Or in your case, put them facing the door, so the first thing people would see when they came into the party was you tied in that chair. Yes, with my legs open, which is not really why I'm. Um, you had very nice myself. You had very nice underwear on, though. Thank you. Which sir. is very unusual for you to be wearing underwear, so. But I got special permission, sir. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we fooled around with that a bit. Uh, there was also a bar area. Uh, where, uh, well, in this instance, they only provided water, which I think was good because I'm not a super big fan of uh, mixing liquor and BDSM anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, then on the far wall of that room, there was a very impressive collection of latex face masks. Gosh, yes, all kinds of face masks, many animal face masks. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of dogs. They, mm. they all have... kinds of dogs. You could be any dog you wanted to you, be. You could really choose to be many types of dogs, including <laughs> some that I'm fairly sure do not exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was your choose choose what dog you want to be adventure kind of kind of trip right there. Uh, I did not, in fact, choose to be a dog for the evening. <laughs> I was representing in my bright fluo neon orange hoodie. I love it so much. You looked amazing. It was not Thank you, you, but you. Yeah, it's my um, it's my scene alter ego now apparently. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> anyway, will the real fox please stand up? Um, we also got to briefly visit uh, another room, which was not being used for the rope event, uh, and contained um. I guess massage beds is how I would describe them, like things where you can lay on them and have a hole to place your face in. Or whatever. Well, there's another hole for the whatever. There's one hole for the face and towards the middle a hole for the whatever. So the whatever mm -hmm. can be accessed by your uh, massage therapist. Okay. And there was another room that, we, that I only got a glimpse of. Yeah, you have to describe that one because I didn't get to see it. Uh, all I saw was a ginormous um, bed with a canopy and the bed looked mm. like it had a rubber or latex sheets on. It looked like a rubber or latex setup as well. I mean, I think it's called the rubber dungeon or the rubber room also. They're, like, it's very latex and or that's the shop or, you know. Uh, the dungeon is associated with a shop that manufactures and distributes rubber and latex BDSM uh, paraphernalia yes okay got it that explains it uh, they also had quite a nice collection of toys in display cases mm -hmm. uh, lots of anal toys that I could see you like that didn't you I, I really do uh, in glass and in metal all look pretty good uh, a lot of things that are not very easy to find in Thailand, like chastity devices. I saw a few of those. Uh, sounds. So I think uh, the owner or owners must have spent 
quite a bit of time shopping oh, around. Oh, so much money in that place. Amazing. Uh, there is money and there's effort because yeah. like some of that stuff cannot be purchased locally. So they must have traveled yeah. or ordered it online. Like it, it's a really impressive collection they have assembled, I will say. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think it's possible that uh, starting soon, that place will be available for rental. Unclear to me if that comes with use of the toy collection. But if it does, it's going to be really interesting for all those people here in Bangkok who don't have access to a lot mm -hmm. of gear. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is not the BDSM architecture podcast. <laughs> so maybe enough of <laughs> describing the interior, amazing as it was. Yeah. Uh, so what, what did we do in that beautiful dungeon, Maya? Uh, we talked to some people um, mm -hmm. and we, we chatted with some people. We, we at first... We were the only Westerners there. Mm -hmm. We tend to get places on time, and that's not so much um, common here. Yeah. Um, and so we talked to a few people who we knew. Um, what kinds of things did we talk about, sir? Uh, I remember chatting with a person from the Hong Kong scene, which uh, is not very far from, uh, from Thailand. And I was curious what their scene was like. And what she described was a scene, I would say, of similar size to the Bangkok scene. Yeah. Which which I guess is not a shock, um, because the expat communities, I guess, would have some similarities. Mm. Uh, and so it was quite interesting to know a bit about what they do there. Um, and then there were a lot of Japanese people who we couldn't really talk to because... Shockingly, we do not speak Japanese. Mm. There were many languages at yes. that event. was very uh, multicultural. Mm. And um, I would say the Japanese group was forming a core for this event. They were here with, I think, two very experienced figures. Yes, two very experienced teachers. In yes. their uh, delegation. And... Mostly people were forming around this core of uh, Japanese teachers. And they also had, in majority, the people coming to that event, possibly every rigor but me, actually, uh, were students of that teacher. So obviously that created a strong link and dynamic between them, mm. right? Okay, yeah. Uh, whereas you and I, we were a bit the odd ones out because we don't really understand what was happening. We were not students of those teachers, so we were outsiders in a number of ways. And, you know, so we we broke out the rope and did some rope because because why not, right? Yeah, because there were other people tying at that point. So after some talking, some people started tying some of the teachers or the, the Japanese delegation, and we saw um, them tie to the wall and do some impact. Mm -hmm. with a, uh, I think, well, a number of things, actually, some straps, um, stuff like that. So, so other people were tying around us also, so yes. that had kind of started the salon mm -hmm. piece. And so what did we tie, uh, Fox? Because you're probably more qualified to talk about that. Uh, we tied, for starters, a lower body mummification tie. So a lot, mm. a lot of rope around your legs, basically. Yeah. 
Um, and my plan with that scene was to have something that could be ongoing for most of the night where we could tie a bit and then I would break and watch the rope done by other people around me and then tie some more, something I could work on incrementally over a long period of time. And I think mummification was um, a good match for that because I could add and add and add until eventually all of your body was covered in rope. Mm. Um, taking breaks and so on. And my intention was to add gravity boots as a means of suspension, inverted suspension, um, because I also intended to suspend you potentially several times and to do part of the mummification whilst you were suspended and inverted. Hmm. And I had selected gravity boots to um, suspend you because my recollection is was other parts of your body were a bit tender at the time. <laughs> it had been an um, active week, sir, yes. The, yeah. the, there was quite a lot of tender. And yes. so I think your ankles and feet might be one of the few places left on your okay. body. That is very, I, I had not clocked that, but you're completely right, and uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Hashtag pro tip. Find the places <laughs> on your bunny that are still usable at the end of the week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my chest and my hips were really battered. From pretty destroyed. Some of the activities uh, we Yeah, because, you know, that's what happens when you uh, fight back in rope, apparently. You, you burn your skin. Uh, it was either that or a hair suspension. So I, I went I went for the gravity boots. Right. That's basically like only the ends were still good. The whole middle of the bunny was all used up. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um what what happened? Because we didn't finish the tie, did we? So We really very did not. Um so what happened is I didn't super perceive what was happening around because I was quite focused on tying you and I tend to get pretty strong channel vision when I rope. Mm. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. I was aware that a few people were doing sometimes, but much uh, much smaller, simpler ties, like doing a TK, doing a little bit of leg rope. Uh, and eventually there wasn't a ton of rope happening around us. And I was still in the pretty early stages of the tie we were doing. And um, after I just brought you up, in the inverted suspension from the gravity boots. Um, well, there was first some uh, distress from some of the people because they didn't seem to be uh, very familiar with our uh, style of tying, I would say, mm. different from what they were used to. Uh, and they were. But we have done gravity boots like many times, we and really in fact, have. it's one of my favorite. Inverted suspension is my favorite, and gravity boots are one of my favorites. So, yeah, and if yeah. you're not sure what gravity boots are or why they're good, we have a whole oh, episode we have an on episode. that. <laughs> so, uh, Maya, I would put in the show notes the reference yeah. to that episode for you. 
yeah, so a few people were worried about the safety aspect, I guess. Uh, and also they didn't know us very well. So that's, I guess, a reason to be worried. Um, and so the Jap one of the Japanese teachers was uh, circling us quite a bit and kind of looking worried, but not really able to communicate because she didn't speak English. Luckily, I had Facebook on, so I did not see this. Yeah, you had Facebook on on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I know my bunny. Uh, and so, yeah, there was this first um, period with the um, anxiety of the people around us, I would say. Uh, whereas I was actually fairly confident because you were handling the suspension very well. As you said, you have a lot of experience in that suspension. You were making your happy noises. <laughs> I have uh, no burns on my feet. Like there, there have been times, you know, because it's super difficult to get the gravity boot um, balance exactly mm -hmm. right so that the two um, boots are like perfectly matched. And one doesn't hold a bit more weight and also even getting them parallel to each other so they both hold the same weight but mm -hmm. my feet this time there's not not a single mark on them the gravity boots were pretty much perfect well that's because you're a pro bunny now i don't think it's the bunny <laughs> that makes the gravity boots box. um and anyway quickly after that uh there was a bit of a commotion in the room it was very unclear what was happening and the um, Thai organizer of the event came to me and told me that something had happened and we had to be out of the place by nine. And yet you had a bunny strung up. Uh, I, in a I, lot. I very much had a bunny strung up that had like maybe 20 or 25 coils of rope on yeah. her. Coils of rope, which by the way I'd aired and recoiled the day before. Yes, you're a very sense. good bunny. Uh, and so I, I looked at my watch and it said 20 to 9. So that posed a challenge, <laughs> I would say, which is how do you take down your bunny and completely untie her uh, from a lot of mummification rope in 20 minutes. Uh, so we set out to do that. So what did you do? Uh, we set out to do that. Um, I brought you down, asking someone from the audience to uh, stand close, so because I was going to bring you down a bit faster. So I wanted to have someone to help in case something went wrong, which it didn't. You you came down uh, yeah. quite easily. Right. Uh, and then I started untying you on the double, and we did something that was kind of funny, which we'd never done before. Which is, as I was untying a coil of rope from you, I would hand it to you, and you would coil it on the spot. Yes, it was some very spacey coiling for me. <laughs> I had to really snap back out of rope space much quicker than normal, but, you know, we, we teamed. Yeah. Uh, I think that also surprised people a bit because I don't think they'd seen that before. Like the bunny also, I don't know still in the bunny. rope being <laughs> coiling the rope. As she's I don't untied. know how many bunnies coil the, the rope also because I was watching, and it might be because they're not tying partners, but I was watching people around us and in general, even the partners of the Japanese didn't seem to coil their mm. rope, but for us as a DS couple, it's a service. Yeah, I would say I would say if you are a rigger and you have a regular bunny, definitely consider having her coil your rope because A, it's very pleasant, and B, it's really something that uh, reinforces the relationship, I feel. Mm. 
Uh, and so anyway, we, we finished our rushed untying slash coiling <laughs> and I looked at my watch and it was nine o'clock on the dot. Nine o'clock on the dot, good job, sir. Uh, so then I got you to your feet, realized you <laughs> couldn't really stand on them so much. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit out of it. Uh, I was working at it. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of amazing that you managed to coil rope while still being fairly spacey, I would say. That says yeah. that says a lot about how much rope you've coiled in your life. It's very muscle memory now for me. Yeah. Definitely. So what happened then? Uh, then we went away, as instructed. We vacated the premises uh, within the allotted time frame. Uh, and someone very nicely offered that the night could continue with some of the people at their private residence. Hmm. So what did we see there? What 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 happened there? Uh, so there it was a bit of a smaller space with people mostly sitting on the ground around a mattress that had been uh, put on the floor. And the nice thing about that space was that the upstairs had the metal railing. And so the the person who was using that space had set it up with climbing slings to hold the hard point. So there was actually a suspension hard point uh, right above mm -hmm. the mattress, which was a nice little setup. Hmm. And on that night, we watched a, I would say, very experienced, very proficient hmm. uh, rigger mm -hmm. do some uh, Ishinawa with a partner. Yeah. And that was actually kind of amazing. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch. Why was it amazing for you, so as a rigger? Uh, well, I'm going to say that nowadays in Thailand we have quite a bit of rope. We have regular jams with like 20 to 30 people to add some of them. So like rope is definitely something that is uh, taking off here. But I would say it was amazing to see that in Bangkok due to the skills of the rigger. Mm -hmm. And also his scene was, uh, I guess, quite intense with uh, good focus on exploring uh, sensations and feelings. So that was something that I was very into. And a lot of neck rope, which I like. Uh, very nice neck rope, uh, very nice mobilizing uh, the bottom's body and controlling the body and very good uh, rope handling, I yeah. would say. Yeah. It was very interesting to watch. Um, it was, it was, and uh, I would, I would go as far as to say it was inspiring to watch for mm, me. Okay, nice. Um, I would be thinking about some of what I saw that night and uh, probably incorporating some elements into my own rope. Exciting. I know, right? But the story doesn't end there for you, does it? Uh, no, because the same group of people, um, because they were here for a long weekend and uh, like we say they uh, knew each other um were having um a, a private jam again at the same place the next day or salon i guess again um and unfortunately you were busy so you weren't around uh but uh I, Sorry. yeah i was was i missed you um but it was um something that i decided to go to because like we say, the rope the night before had been super inspiring, and it's just not something that we're privileged to get invited to that often and yeah. have riggers from other countries, like the Japanese tradition, come and tie here. So it was super exciting for mm -hmm. us to be able to um, to go to the two things. So, yeah, I went to that, 
and there was m many ropes. <laughs> many ropes. How many couples would you say were tying during that event? Um, well, the couples split and changed quite a lot, but there were, gosh, I probably saw six to ten scenes. Wow. I would say That's... maybe maybe yeah maybe at the higher end. Um, That's actually quite a bit. Especially for a yeah, small space like that. Because and it was a uh, six hours. So um mm. the scenes lasted a long time. There were usually three scenes happening. Um because there were three spaces, one downstairs that we described before, and then there were two upstairs. because uh, it was like um um what do you call it? A, a place on two levels, but where you can see Mezzanine. Mezzanine, yeah. Yeah. Ask the non native speaker always <laughs> away. It's actually a Latin word, so um yeah so there was a lot of interesting people from all over the world and they they felt like a, a kind of a family and i am sure again there were lots of cultural cultural stuff happening that i wasn't aware of there were many languages um going on of which i spoke one and point one <laughs> if that and um so i, I did feel I, I didn't know you spoke a tenth of japanese then maya um so yeah I, it was it was a bit tiring for me so i'm quite introverted mm -hmm. and normally i have my extroverted sir with me who can take point on that and so i didn't um but watching rope is something where i don't have to interact too much and it was really nice and to be fair everyone was super lovely and nice um and very friendly and talked mm -hmm. to me where they did have a common language so that was good um so, um, yeah, I saw a lot of ropes, so um, let me try and think of some examples. So one uh, one of the very senior teachers did um, uh, like a single uh, column ankle partial suspension, so the person mm -hmm. on the floor with their legs straight in the air and their legs at 90 degrees, and then obviously a TK, because it's pretty much TKs. I saw a lot of TKs because um, they're a very common tie there obviously um and then she kind of put her in that position and uh, moved her and stretched her a bit um that was nice i saw a fair bit of impact so that there were two um other japanese well in fact there are a number of japanese riggers but two of them particularly are quite sadistic and impact heavy and i believe we'd seen one of them do a whips scene yep. the year before yeah. Um, and so in one of them, one of them just did super painful seminar work rope and made his bunny not quite cry, but cry out. For oh, sure. I'm so sad I missed that. Yes, it was, it was powerful. Um, and then another one tied his bunny, like amazing Japanese uh, woman who, who I crushed on quite hard. <laughs> uh, That's and, sweet. Um, I just. There's just something about her. I was very in awe of her. Anyway, so she... Ja Japanese like... women can have a certain something about them, can they? This one did. Anyway, so anyway, so they, he tied her, and it was relatively sadistic, but then he tied... So she was on a mattress, and then he tied one leg by the ankle to the bottom of the mattress so that mm -hmm. she was... Her leg was, like, spread lengthwise okay. and on its side, and then he whipped just above the knee to the side. Very precise. Very uh, interior or exterior? Exterior. Okay. 
exterior. Um, so she was lying with one leg bent underneath her, mm-hmm. and then the other leg stretched out. And yeah, very precise whipping and super hard. And she was marked immediately. Like I haven't often seen such fast bruising. What um, was the implement like? Well, I, I'm not really sure. And I asked her afterwards, and she said that the reason it marked like that is because he was, and this, okay, forgive my, I don't know almost anything about whips at all, so I'm going to get this completely wrong. She said, and bear in mind, she's Japanese and I'm English, and so communication. I, I think we have enough disclaimers that he now. Was, <laughs> he was hitting with the bit of the implement that wasn't supposed to be hit with. Yeah, okay. Is it? So can you hit with a cracker? Is that what it is? So is it is the other way around. So I, I also yes. do that from time to time because I find it more fun. So in most whips, you do have a more slender bit at the end, which is the cracker. And some people only hit using that. And then as you go more towards the body of the whip, there's a much thicker bit, uh, which is a lot thuddier. And I quite enjoy hitting with that as well because it does leave like very big marks and hurts like a motherfucker. Yeah. Well, she, afterwards, she put an ice pack on it straight away. She, she sat for the next few hours with the ice pack on. And she was amazing. So I asked her, like, you know, was it, it looked very painful, but you didn't. She cried out, but she said by the end, she couldn't even cry out. Like the pain was so much, she just went silent. So it was very interesting watching that. Um, so there was some quite sadistic stuff, and then there were a couple of other rope scenes which were very more on the Seminawa um, side of things. There was also, and I didn't really catch this very much, one just whipping scene where mm-hmm. the the guy did the guy who's a very experienced whipping person, different one, um, did that, and also some treading on the person. Um, That's always fun. Yeah. I like treading yeah. on a person. Not going to lie, I like being treading on. Um, and then an interesting use of like the railings, the hard point. There was, you know, various um, things. All right. But you, do, you did more than watch at that event, didn't you? I like, did. You're, you're holding out on us. I was unusually brave enough to um, ask someone if what, one of the riggers if they would tie with me. So how did you um, approach him in this environment? Oh, <laughs> I, I watched him tie with someone and it was just beautiful. Like I really enjoyed watching the tie. I really liked the um, way the girl he was watching reacted. It was a nice scene. And he was coiling and afterwards I went up to him in a... I mean, I give you all you rope bunnies out there that are more like me hope. Like I went up to him and very awkwardly said, would you maybe possibly like to tie maybe later with that time? I know you're really busy. If it's not inconvenient to you. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I mean, he probably tied me because it was just like pitied me so much. That would, that would be fair. You heard um, it here first, bunnies. Pity is your best <laughs> weapon in getting ropes. I mean, I'm not very toppy. So anyway, um, Happily, and I also wasn't sure how his English was because he wasn't native speaker English, and I didn't have enough. I considered using some of his language, but I thought I would mess it up pretty bad, so it seemed a mistake. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, he said yes happily, and so um, 
in a little while, the two of us um, had a discussion about what was and wasn't okay because I had like an injury and I don't yeah. do UKs and like various negotiation things. Um, although it was a relatively brief negotiation because at the thing there were no, there's no sex at all. There was okay. no nudity. And that's rather atypical of events in Bangkok, right? Um, yeah, it's not that we have full penetrative sex um, generally, but usually there is more of a sexual component, whether that's some orgasms or some touching or nudity. some exposure. Uh, very much nudity, yeah. There was, there was no nudity. Did I see any breasts? I'm not even sure I saw any breasts. And there were knickers. And most, I think all the people that I saw got tied in there. The girls mostly had dresses and they got tied in dresses. Um, one actually, that's not true. There was one male-female pairing where the the rigger was the woman and the bottom mm-hmm. was a man, mm-hmm. and he stripped off to his boxers. Okay, uh, I've just remembered that. And so that's actually interesting. And they are a Thai expat couple, mm-hmm. um, so they're more local. So that's interesting. But of the Japanese um, and Hong Kong and other people, I didn't see any nudity. So uh, I think we were already going in with non. Sexual, so that kind of takes out a whole load of negotiating. Mm. Like, like, you know, we like that was already. We're not doing any sexual work, so that's fine. Um. So and then we tied. Um. And again, it was that, but it was a different style from what I used to. It's very, I would call it very kinetic. Um. So there was a lot of movement. Um. He moves around the body a lot. Okay. Um, like a lot, a lot. So one minute he'll be at the feet, one he'll be at the head. Um, he does a lot of uh, noise. He uses a lot of sound. So he will mm-hmm. click in the ear and then um, hit your solar plexus, like in quick succession, and then tug a rope on your leg. So the sensation moves from your head to your chest to your feet. Bang, bang, bang. And so it's quite interesting because the rope... Um, I have done tends to be more either more seminar stuff or and or CNC stuff or, or whatever or more connective sensual and mm-hmm. this was an interesting mix of both very connective I want to say caring rope yeah because it, it was but then also with just I mean looking looking at the photos it does seem to be very caring and uh, the listeners can see some of those on your profile uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I guess it's more controlling than caring, but con- controlling in a. Nice... I think I think controlling is caring. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair, fair. Uh, I'm not. I, it's a hard to. I think, and this is something maybe we can get bunnies on to talk about or ask bunnies about. I think it's very hard to explain the feeling of a tie. Mm. Um, and maybe when we talk about emotions in a later episode, which I think we will, that can be something that we talk about. But, um, yeah, so this kinetic element was very interesting. He was all around me. He made different sounds, clicking and breathing and stuff like that. Um, there was a lot of rope use in different ways, like from whipping the rope on me onto the mattress to make a big sound by my head. And by whipping um, the rope, you mean you would use the knotted ends as a striking yeah. implement? Yeah, and like very lightly or harder. Like it, we didn't do very, um, well, 
we didn't even do medium impact because we we negotiated that it was alright to do a little bit light impact. I guess your threshold for medium impact has evolved quite a bit since last year or so. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. We've done um, quite a lot over the year. Um, yeah, so the, the tie was uh, really nice and really absorbing because of all those different sensations and all the different senses being involved. All right. Um, yeah, and then we finished that. The the disconnect at the end, like the yeah. aftercare, is not so much a focus. So we had a hug, and then I got him water, and then I sat down for a bit. So um, what what was that for you as a bottom who used to a bit more cuddly and long term aftercare to have yeah. to disconnect from your rigor in such a quick fashion? Yeah, it was it was interesting because it is quite different. Um, it was it was okay. Um, I think in that um situation where you know we didn't really know each other very well mm-hmm. at all i mean we just met the day before and we hadn't really had much talking um the rope itself was the connection um it was fine but the the again the japanese scene that we saw perhaps because it was public there was very little almost no pda mm-hmm. not cuddling so and obviously the Thai culture is not super PDA either. That's so true. I think culturally, maybe again, this is a hypothesis. I don't know. Um, my aftercare might be a different thing. Don't mm-hmm. know. And what was it like to tie with who was essentially to you at the time a stranger? Because that's not something you've done a ton of either. You usually get to know people a bit more before you tie with them. Yeah, um, I'd seen him tie twice, maybe three times mm-hmm. um, across the two days, and that was quite important to me. Like, I wouldn't tie with a stranger and no conversation, mm. like, either or. <laughs> so having seen him tie was is like a language now, having um, more rope experience, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, it gives me a sense of the person. All right. Um, and we, he also was very like something you don't like. Just say like it, it, with him, there was no need for safe words because I would if there had been something I didn't like, I would have just said don't do that. All right. Um, so it, it, it's a lighter feel in terms of the rope, if that makes sense. Um, so it was it was different, uh, um, and I wouldn't go as deep into rope space as I would obviously with you where we have you know a very long rope history um, and it is a different feel in terms of intimacy but it was a very enjoyable experience that I feel very privileged to have had. Sounds amazing. So that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from iTunes or Stitcher or wherever and come friend us at our Fet Life page Rope Podcast. It's a single word no hyphen no space just Rope Podcast. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.